Hi, everyone. This is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com, and you're listening to another DevOps Chat Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Scott Wilson. He's Product Marketing Manager, Release Automation at CAA Technologies at Broadcom. That's a mouthful. I think we're going to explore a little bit of that. So our topic today is really catching up with what's been happening with uh, the Atomic product and CAs, uh, this part of the acquisition back into Broadcom and just kind of catch up with Scott. So he's been on the podcast before. Scott, welcome to DevOps Chat. Thank you, Mitch. Glad to be here. Appreciate you being here. Would you start just by introducing yourself for any of our audience that doesn't know you, a little bit about what you do and tell us a little bit about CA Technologies at Broadcom. Yes, yes. So, uh, name is Scott Wilson, two L's and Wilson. I think uh, many listeners may know me. I have been, in the past, an author with some of Gene Kim's DevOps Forum papers, and um, I've been at the DevOps Enterprise Summit several times, been fairly active on blogs and all that stuff. And where my kind of claim to fame was, I came from a company called Atomic, uh, that's spelled Automic for the, the phonetic uh, spelling of it. I, my background is, is just to throw this in here too, my journey as I always tell people is I started from a development standpoint writing the code, uh, migrated my career kind of doing the DevOps thing before anyone called it <laughs> DevOps like many others mm-hmm. and uh, yada 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 here I am now with a software company speaking all things DevOps and trying to help people get better at releasing their software. You've certainly been a part of the community for, for some time now, so appreciate all your contributions. Well, you've been through quite a journey. I know, uh, you know, being acquired by CA and CA being acquired by Broadcom. Why don't you kind of catch us up? Maybe tell us a little bit about that journey. I think you described it as an 18-month history <laughs> going through that. Um, you know, we, we don't have the, too long on the podcast, but if you can kind of give us a little, a little bit of that path that you've been on. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I kind of looked at it like a, a – it was almost like a, a barracuda eating a great white who ate was eaten by a whale, right? It was <laughs> a really interesting, very quick journey. Um, as a couple years ago, uh, when I was with Atomic Software, we were acquired by CA Technologies, and you know, about a year, eighteen months after that acquisition or so, uh, Broadcom bought CA Technologies to the not just our surprise, but of course, to the surprise mm-hmm. of the entire market. Yeah, there was a lot of was. press about it. It was a surprise. And uh, so, yeah, it was a very, very quick and interesting uh, turnaround. We are now uh, known as CA Technologies, comma, a Broadcom company. As far as Atomic goes, um, we are retaining the Atomic brand. So you'll see a lot of our, our old software and all that will have the Atomic brand. And not just Atomic, but... Uh, our current leadership has really felt to really keep and embrace the brands that we've had. So, you know, Blaze, uh, CT is still going to be Blaze and Rally is going to be Rally, those mm-hmm. type of things. So the brands are remaining, which I think is useful because even though CA had renamed Rally, I, I know I anyways always refer to it as Rally. because I do too. Yep. That's <laughs> right. That's what I always knew it as. Especially and knowing so, him from the beginning, it's hard not to call him Rally. But yes. Right, exactly. So Atomic is still going to be Atomic from a product brand uh, positioning. And then from a company standpoint, yeah, we're um, still CA, just a, a Broadcom company. Within Broadcom, our group is known as the Enterprise Software Division. So we are a, a distinct division within Broadcom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to add to that, to the little journey, what has been 
interesting to me is I remember it was a year ago, the last uh, forum uh, meeting I was going to, or what's some, what many of us in the inside called uh, those meetings, the Gene Kim's Great Slumber Party, <laughs> right? Um, we kind of talked about mean and so, being lean. And some of the people I remember having discussions with who were running papers, it, we just really got talking about what it means to run lean and the lean manufacturing and the whole thing, right, that DevOps is based on and that the DevOps handbook espouses and all these kind of things. And with after that, right, three months after that meeting, it was announced Broadcom was going to buy us. And then we actually did. And here I am all this time later. And I bring that up because what was interesting to me, Mitch, is that Broadcom embodies this. They run lean. Mm -hmm. And it's been an interesting journey to go from the short time at CA, which ran big, to now being with Broadcom, which ran, runs lean. And they run even leaner than what Atomic did, which was an ISV, right? Um, you know, independent I, software I was, vendor. I was curious about that because I know Broadcom, you know, having worked with them as a chip supplier, you know, companies like Broadcom and Qualcomm and, you know, manufacturers <laughs> of chips and telecommunications right. think about the world much more, you know, operational efficient. It's all about, you know, fractions of pennies and, you know, in the cost of their goods to uh, maintain profitability, but that's super high volume. So it's a different mentality than a software company. It is. And there are some significant differences, I suppose, from the business or sales aspects. Um, but from a production aspect, there really wasn't a whole lot of difference. When you think about taking a product to market, Right now, we are doing this with software. Uh, they've done it with chips, but Broadcom is an engineering excellence company. They really mm -hmm. pride themselves on having the best of fill in the blank of engineering, whether it's engineering processes, engineering whatever. In fact, what has been interesting post acquisition is that our engineering staff for the bulk of our products have actually increased. Broadcom is very keen on ensuring that the products we deliver are best in class. Mm -hmm. And so they, they realize a way to do that in the market is to make sure they've got the top minds developing and producing and shipping these products. Right? It has so to they be put, refreshing to you. you and the oh, team. yeah. It was, it was very interesting to see that that was the case. Um, it's been a unique acquisition as far as that goes. Um, and to see that, no, they wanted to increase the headcount of R&D. <laughs> It's important mm. for them. What? These products. <laughs> what? Uh, exactly. I'm like, wait, what? Um, they want the products to improve, to, to get better, and to continue to be viable and market-leading. And so they embody the lean processes to do all of this stuff. And so it's been, there's a little bit of learning curve, I think, on both sides to adapt to this new way. But here we are. Uh, you, you name the things that are automated. I mean, Broadcom automates just about anything mm -hmm. and everything. The, the mm -hmm. very stuff you read about Gene Kim talks about in, in his books and even in Nicole Forsgren's book, Accelerate, you know, automation is at the key of a lot of these things and Broadcom embodies that. It is. It's a much different kind of company. If you aren't a hardware person or haven't worked at a chip company, uh, what I said, it's, it's fractions of a penny make a difference in cost and that cost can be in materials, but it also can be in process. Um, and when you multiply that by millions upon millions of chips that they may ship a particular line, that's a lot of money. So it makes a huge difference in the profitability of the company to be able that's to right. reinvest and give you more engineers. That's be right. Part of your team. 
And so software is a little, a little different, right? It's not the pennies like that. Obviously, with software, the margins are, are different because you're not mm-hmm. dealing with a, a physical thing, a commodity, right? But the principles to be efficient like that are absolutely espoused by DevOps. And one of the things that this transformation internally has occurred, because we're, we're transforming ourselves from a software company, mm-hmm. right? We've, I think we've made some press releases talking about our BizOps platform, a holistic right. platform that we're offering the market. No longer is, uh, are you, should you be thinking of us like the CA of old where you had a bunch of different siloed tools? No, they're all coming together in a holistic way to provide real business value, create a, mm-hmm. a, a true interesting platform for everybody. But just this way, way of doing things lean like that and, and embracing the agile way of turning things around is it's been a cool thing to behold. That has to be really good because I haven't talked with somebody that's had that experience, not that others haven't, but to have that common lexicon frame of reference of thinking about producing software like a software factory, uh, just like in, you know, in a hardware-based factory. You have a lot of synergies and commonality there. Yeah, there's differences too, but it's instead of software being this mystery to hardware guys or vice versa, right? You can talk right. and work together and understand the efficiencies, improvements, speed, impact, quality, all the things that you know drives a manufacturing company also drives software. That's right. What's been exciting, uh, too, with this opportunity to change, really the Broadcom uh, provided us an opportunity to change things, is to really force these uh, integrations and synergies between uh, what used to be separate divisions of CA, but are now uh, different teams, and the interoperability that's happening between them to deliver this BizOps platform is really mm-hmm. exciting. It's, it's cool to see that now it's like, look, we have all these things, but what's the point? unless we're focusing on business outcomes, right? right? We can actually drive a business outcome if there's harmony and cohesiveness between all these things. And um, that's very exciting. In fact, one of the other things along these same lines that uh, was announced is the, the free tier program. I don't know if you saw the PR about a couple of weeks ago, Mitch, but now I a did. lot of our products are offered for free. Yeah. So for example, a continuous delivery director or atomic continuous delivery director if you go to cddirector.io, you can just use it for free, uh, up to 10 active releases. And uh, Rally has some uh, free tier as well. So basically, we're now offering the freemium versions of what we have. And, uh, have the products changed substantially to be able to do that? Are they uh, less functional or are they time-based or just volume? It's really just volume, right? Like for, yeah, they haven't really... They, well, a lot of them didn't really need to change. A lot of the products that are offering this, are the ones that are already SaaS-based already, mm-hmm. there will be more that are coming, of course, as uh, things are being migrated to be SaaS-based, and that effort is underway. But in the example of uh, Atomic Continuous Delivery Director, um, there's not a, really a time limit. It's 10, 10 active releases. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of releases. Mm-hmm. And you can just use it yeah. and use it at will for that. Um, you want to get more than that or, you know, grow it across the enterprise and make it the standard or something. Same with Rally and Blaze CT. Oh, well, yeah, then you can uh, buy the, the licenses that let you use it more broadly, right? Mm-hmm. That's but, a great model. I mean, I think we've sort of disproven the crippleware approach. Nobody likes that. Work. And yeah. Exactly. And being able to use it on enough 
enough of uh, software production, you talked about 10, uh, you got to be able to get a pretty good feel for what the product does. It's going to do what you want it to do, start to integrate it into your tool chain, right. uh, your workflow pipeline. And these are, right, and these are 10 active releases. In other words, 10 releases in parallel. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, that's like you said, you should really be able to get a feel for, for it. Yeah. Uh, being able to run that many releases in parallel to each other. Well, that's awesome. That's great to hear. I'm excited to hear about more of that coming from you too. You have a, a new release coming up here? Yeah. So speaking along those lines, we have a, a new release for uh, Atomic Continuous Delivery Director. Um, we're pretty excited about this release. It is our first release that includes some ML capabilities and heuristics that are involved. Uh, basically what we were looking to do with this is amongst other improvements and advances we made in the product, right, to help with continuous delivery, one of the things we looked at is that there's a significant bottleneck in continuous delivery, uh, the methodology, which is QA or testing. Mm -hmm. Now, as you probably know, Mitch, continuous testing is technically a subset or a component of continuous delivery. And I might right. argue that unless you're doing continuous delivery, you are not doing continuous delivery. You well, need you to think be of doing... continuous delivery as plan, dev, test, deploy, operate, right? <laughs> That's right. Sure. And you're testing continuously, right? But the problem is QA wasn't really built to be agile themselves, right? And so they, they kind of became the bottleneck not just from the way that they run, but you as a QA person, right, testers, you build out all these tests. And so you release this small change per DevOps, per Agile, per continuous delivery, right? And it goes mm -hmm. into QA and you run, you know, 1,000, 10,000 tests. And I'm not making these numbers up. Literally, a lot of our large enterprises have right. thousands oh, and yeah. 10,000 tests. Totally right? So then we're in the waiting game, right? And maybe it takes however long for the test results to come back, and then you get feedback to development. So we found with our, our, a lot of our large customers, you know, the Global 2000, that this was a significant bottleneck. So now what we do, what occurs, is that when you do that release in your pipeline, right, in your release pipeline, and it gets pushed to QA, one of the things that we do is we look at several heuristics. So we come around and say, all right, well, what are all the tests? What is the historical... Um, responses or outputs mm -hmm. of the tests, right? How many of them failed? Which tests are flaky? How many tests are new tests? We want to actually run these tests first. So a flaky test, for example, it ought to run at the front. And if it fails, we'll send that feedback immediately to development mm -hmm. or to QA so that we're identifying these things earlier, quicker, faster, rather than having to wait uh, on the back end for this. Try to right? get to that 80-20, right? Get the things right. up front that are going to cause the most issues, find the most bugs. Right. So we're looking at all the data and intelligently figuring out the test for you. The other thing that we'll do is that we'll look at the, the code changes you've made and we will map those code changes, at least in the case of Java apps, we'll be able to map the code change to specific test suites. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. now when you submit that one component change, you are actually getting identified just the test runs that affect or exercise that component. So altogether, when you put it all together, Mitch, what occurs then, now when a change gets pushed into your continuous delivery pipeline, when it hits QA, you're in a position to not have to run all 10,000 tests. You're in a position now to run the high-risk tests 
the tests that you have marked are critical and important, right? So those mm -hmm. are included. That's taken into account too. And the tests that we know actually exercise the change that you put in. So you're able to run what you have to run to ensure you have a high quality and also order them in such a way that where there's high likelihood of failure, that development is, is uh, fed back that feedback uh, earlier and faster. So we're, we're very excited about this release. That's awesome. Yeah. Boy, boy, gone are the days I can remember when I would judge the quality of the release by how severe the bugs are. And if we haven't found really big problems yet, we're not through. There's more to come. You know, that was the heuristic. That's right. And so, <laughs> That's why we're exactly. That was the heuristic. Days, aren't we? <laughs> well, you know, because one of the other constraints, if you think about agile and, and continuous delivery, right, small change, and you make more frequent small changes. And the, the state of DevOps report just came out, uh, right, mm -hmm. uh, a week ago or this week. And it again has showing how this, this way, this approach, is actually reducing the bugs and reducing and higher quality. All that thing is great, but that now means your one of your biggest resource constraints is time. And what we found with our customers, it was time in QA. So by you know intelligently assigning the test on a run with a particular change, we're able to you know shorten that down. You're not having to wait for all ten thousand tests. You're just waiting for the five that matter to run against exactly. that little small change and get it shipped out the door. Be right? smart about testing. Yeah, that's right. Be smart about testing. Exactly right. Now, do you have a date of when this is uh, going public? Or are you in beta now? Yeah. So, if you were an on-prem user of the product, uh, it is actually GA now. It actually was up on the download site yesterday, oh, and uh, can be downloaded, and you can go through the upgrade process. If you're on our SaaS platform, uh, you know, October second, it'll just be online working and available for you in the Oof. beauty of SAS, right? <laughs> nice. Well, great. That's fantastic. Awesome. Well, congrats on a, on the great release. I hope it uh, works out very well. And also the free tier, uh, bring some new customers, new people onto your platform and expand that as well. Um, we have a few minutes left. I know you're going to be at the DevOps Enterprise Summit correct? In Las Vegas? Yeah, exactly. So we'll have a big booth there at the DevOps Enterprise Summit. So certainly looking forward to seeing everybody wearing our, our Broadcom wear. We're going <laughs> to, not to give away too much, but I, I think we're going to have some pretty cool giveaways at our, at our booth at various times. So, you know, definitely come check us out. Come and really, then uh, for those who are, get the swag. What, get the swag. <laughs> I guess half of what you go for, especially if you have kids, you know, I see so Absolutely. many people, they got the bags full of this stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you've got, you don't wear a small, home. you don't wear a small. What are you, That's, what are you doing there? <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. But we'll have some things like uh, um, a, a couple of the giveaways we'll have. I don't think you want to give to the kids. Let's just say that. <laughs> okay. Um, and if you're going to the Gartner symposium, uh, we're going to be at the, the three upcoming Gartner symposiums in Orlando, Sao Paulo, and uh, Barcelona as well. Fantastic. So, yeah. Well, good. Um, we're going to have to check in uh, every six months or so just so we know what uh, swag wear, logo wear to look for you <laughs> in. This, this time it's in Broadcom. I'm kidding you, of course. But almost. <laughs> right. It's almost true. <laughs> well, it's almost true. Feels true. <laughs> God, it's been great having you on the podcast. Appreciate you being here. Thank you so much, Mitch. Appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you and Alan at the DevOps Enterprise Summit. Absolutely. Look forward to it as well. And great to catch up with you about everything happening. Well, I, 
I'd like to thank you. I'd like to thank Scott Wilson, Product Marketing Manager, or sorry, Product Marketing Director, Release Automation at CA Technologies, a Broadcom company. I think I got that right. You got it right. Joining us on the podcast. <laughs> and thank you, you are listeners, for being here as well. This is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com. You've listened to another DevOps Chat podcast. Be careful out there.